showtime. It's showtime, Ron. How you doing? Sitting next to me virtually in the Thunderpop Dome for the 156th episode, season seven of the Thunderpop Show. I'm joined by the one and only sitting next to me virtually from the Jazz Cave to the Thunderpop <laughs> Dome, the one and only Jazz One. What's up, Cat? How are you, man? Oh, man, it's it's just too good to see you. Give this man some applause. <laughs> some fake ass applause from the soundboard. <laughs> but there'll be nothing fake ass about this show tonight. I promise. With my fake ass smile looking at the camera. <laughs> oh, man. Let's get this party started. Right, Jazz One. I'm doing a, a, sh- a smaller version of this. <laughs> So I don't knock over. So I don't knock over my mic. I'm doing. What was that? What was this move? I forgot what they call it. What is oh, the cabbage patch. Oh, the cabbage patch. Yeah. I've seen you. Ca- I've seen. I've seen you cabbage patch before, Jazz. I know you're you're a, yeah. a man that can bust out. Bust out a cabbage patch when the time calls for it. I know you've 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 used it from time to time. <laughs> Is it possible that we'll ever see someone do the cabbage patch dance on us in a Star Wars live action? I Some, don't know. Somebody had but... a cantina pulling that out of there. <laughs> Have we seen much dancing in Star Wars? I know we've seen bands play. We've seen music. We had that. You know, the Star Wars Visions was out. Uh, months ago and we saw a rock band in star wars anime, oh yeah you know the punk band and then we had kind of a little bit of a cyberpunk vibe with the uh the moped guy gang in the new boba fett series oh yeah uh, have we seen and we saw some more music playing from a cantina in tatooine they love their their band the live music in tatooine they love their bands they're you know it's the live music capital of star wars <laughs> And Austin is sometimes just as hot and dry. Oh, I hear you, bro. So we've got some things in common with Tatooine. (laughs) Same, same, same water, um, water situation. Bro, this last week, man. I think they have to boil their water at least four times a year in Tatooine. (laughs) Four times. I was looking for some of them black melons for uh, water. <laughs> yeah, I think we needed some of those black melons. So there's there's some crossover similarities between Tatooine and and uh, and Austin. Uh, I don't know if Tatooine's known for tacos though, for really good tacos. Mm. <laughs> oh no, do you ever have a Banta taco? <laughs> I should wait. I should hold off it's, before I. It's got to be cooked right, but uh... <laughs> yeah. It's who it's who makes it, right? Exactly. Is it the Cardigasada? <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> All regional uh, Austin and Texas reference people from uh, <laughs> will we'll get these references. Anyway, I'm Stephen Presley, joined by Jazz One. We're gonna have the 156 episode. Uh, we're gonna react to the Book of Boba Fett that just wrapped up chapter seven the finale so we're going to react to that so there will be spoilers uh after we roll our intro when we come back it is spoiler uh alert all the way through the show for book of boba fett 
And um, so just give you a heads up on that. We're going to have, we're open a show with a Thunder Take because it is Super Bowl Sunday weekend. And we're going to have a Thunder Take for the Super Bowl. I'm going to pitch you who I think should do this next year's Super Bowl, ha- Super Bowl halftime show because they start talking about it. As soon as this Super Bowl is over, we'll pivot to who's going to be the halftime show for next year. And that'll go on for a series of months until they land on somebody. And, you know, years they were going and, and after the Janet Jackson uh, wardrobe malfunction, they went real safe. Oh yeah. And they brought in a lot of old rockers, legends, uh, icons, but they, they went safer. They went with people they thought, you know, and it progressively, then they started to loosen up on it because it started off like with a, a polka band from West Fest, Texas. And then it, and they gradually, they had Rolling Stones and then they, they got to Prince a little less safe than maybe the Rolling Stones. You know, Prince might show up in his uh, pants with uh, the butt cheeks cut out. So, you know, there could still be some nudity if you bring in Prince and, you know, his dancers and whatnot. But they, uh, they've they kind of loosened up over the years and they've gotten back to more contemporary. They had, well, they had uh, last year, they had the weekend. They had Jennifer Lopez and uh, Shakira. Oh, was, yeah. I think the, you know, that, that was one of the greatest halftime shows ever. It was uh, Shakira and Jennifer. But anyway, they had... These different, um, less safe, they're kind of gotten a little less safe. Now, I think it should come full circle. I'll tell you who I think I got a great idea. I think it would make a huge splash for the NFL if they did this next year. So I'm going to pitch this to you. We'll have our usual tropes, agree or disagree, thoughts and advice, all that stuff. Jazz One's going to talk a little Super Bowl too. Uh, he's, he's even though his, his NFL team is not in the Super Bowl, he does have some things to be excited about with the Super Bowl. Would you agree, Jazz? Oh, Absolutely. I, I can't wait. Yeah. And we've got one of our friends already in Facebook users, Stephen Presley and jazz one. I think <laughs> I, know that, I, know, I know who that is. Yeah. Thank you for being here again with us. And uh, we're going to get into the intro and then we'll get into that show uh, here in a second. I'm going to pull up the, the, uh, the intro for you. It's coming up. <laughs> I promise it's coming up. Just hang, hang tight. It's coming up. Intro. I lied. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to 156 season seven here. Jazz one. Um, so I did a, a really silly thing, but we've been live streaming now. We've been podcasting for forever. I should, should know better by now to come in the studio and get started on a show without bringing a beverage to sip on. <laughs> I have, I have a cup, but there's no, there's nothing in the cup. Oh no. But I, I looked over and said, do I have anything I can sip on during the show? I did find one thing and I, I a container of taco deli, Dona salsa. <laughs> so if I get really desperate, this was, a, I was eating breakfast tacos in here a couple of days ago in the morning, we're doing some work <laughs> and I walked over, I came back from Taco Deli and had this, have you ever had the Donia salsa jazz one? 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you, you're very familiar with this. Absolutely. Yeah, it's this is uh good stuff. Anyway, I um we got desperate. I could sip on this. <laughs> They're on standby. Um, so Super Bowl, we got another Super Bowl, Super Bowl upon us. And damn it, if it's going to be another team that's going to get to play in their home stadium, this has never happened before. But the second year in a row that's going to happen after never happening. Oh yeah. So weird. So weird that the, the last year the the Buccaneers played their they played got to play a home game, and then unfairly again this year the Rams. And of course that was a meme that was getting passed around that people were passing around about my Cowboys saying that the NFL is, is going to act on this. Make sure this never happens again. So the Super Bowl will now happen from now on every year in Dallas at Cowboy stadium to assure <laughs> the home team will never play us in their Super Bowl again in their own Oof. stadium. <laughs> hurts that hurts it hurts a lot uh but anyway you've got something to be excited about this year because you have your old quarterback from your college yeah joe burrow uh the heisman winner from 2019 for lsu yeah uh, led lsu to the national championship and like that championship season if it was a video game they didn't just beat the game they completed it won all the awards Took mm-hmm. out all the level bosses, you know, set the records and everything. That's fair. So uh, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow uh, was the first round draft pick and uh, got drafted by the Bengals. Everybody expected him, you know, to flounder there. Like nobody yeah. can turn the Bengals around. Terrible team for years. Horrible. And then he tears his uh, ACL, MCL, yeah. and he's out. Yeah. And his first full season back, uh, you know, with the Bengals, man, they are in the Super Bowl. And uh, yeah. I, mean, I saw uh, the other day, like in the history of football, no quarterback has ever uh, won a college national championship, mm-hmm. won a Heisman, mm-hmm. and won a Super Bowl in the history of football. Like, no one's ever but, done that trifecta. Yeah. Nobody's ever done that in the history of football. Yeah. Joe Burrow may do it in three years. Wow. It's it's quite possible. Uh, that is an upset that some people have put money on that they they see they see potential uh, possible upset, but we'll see. It's it is they there's the unfair advantage. The Rams are going to get to uh, play at home. They're going to play oh, yeah. in LA. Uh, you other people argue is that really a home field advantage? Because do the Rams actually have fans? Wreck real fans? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Um, anyway, we'll see. They do have some. They have some fans, but it's 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 not a storied history. They moved to St. <laughs> they moved to. I mean, they have history, but they've they're like a, a traveling team. They've been traveling around to different cities. And oh how, yeah, it's it's like the fan base loyalty. I'm not sure is questionable there because they went to St. Louis, then they they pulled the rug out from under St. Louis, and they went back to L.A. As soon as they promised them a new stadium, so I I don't know. Uh, but they they did. They're a team that loaded up. They put all the eggs in a basket for this year. Oh yeah, the Rams like went out and got the Avengers of football, and they loaded up to try to beat Joe Burrow. So we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll see we'll see if that's enough. Yeah, I, I uh, can't wait. You know, uh, looks like the uh, halftime's going to be good this year. I'm excited you know, for that halftime show. That's gonna yeah. be fun. That's that's gonna be fun. It's a West Coast old school. Do you know uh, we were joking about Dallas? One more thing on the on the football end of things, and we're going to get, get into this show show because we're not typically a football show. 
but uh, that there was a possibility because of COVID in California and the the category that they were at at the time yeah. a few weeks ago that they were as a backup plan if it was necessary. Dallas was being proposed as the backup place to play the Super Bowl if they needed to move it. Oh wow! Because of because of you know the situation with COVID in California. So yeah, Dallas could have very well ended up hosting the Super Bowl as a backup plan. Jerry Jones wanted it. So uh, 30th Century Fox uh, says, "Hey guys, I'm excited about those commercials." Yes, uh, any commercials that you've heard about Jazz that you're Man, I've been kind of uh, like a lot of years. I'm like hip, kind of knowing what's coming with the uh, Super Bowl commercials. This is like the first year, pretty much, I'm kind of going to the Super Bowl just blind. You'll be all surprised. Well, I know uh, we're going to talk about in Agree or Disagree coming up in a little bit. We're going to talk about two things that are directly related to two big commercials that are happening in the Super Bowl. And uh, one I'll tell you right now is uh, the Jurassic World Old Dominion trailer is going to run um they've released a trailer already but i guess it's going to be a more full trailer and plus it's going to be able to see it on tv but it'll be a full trailer uh that's going to come out on sunday uh, during the super bowl uh there's been people talking about possibility of kenobi maybe a kenobi kenobi teaser (laughs) yeah oh that'd be awesome i wouldn't wouldn't surprise me one bit if they rolled out it because we're May that's so Kenobi was announced uh, confirmed for for May twenty fourth I believe yeah May, I was kind of disappointed it wasn't going to be the fourth man yeah I am too I'm very surprised if they had it ready for late May why couldn't it have done it why couldn't they have done it a few weeks earlier I don't know maybe they feel like people will watch the app and Star Wars content already enough on the fourth without there being a new release that they they could stretch it and spread it out a little bit across the month. I don't yeah, know. That, that's... I have a feeling they're, they'll do something special on the fourth. Like, I think it's funny how bad pun has become almost like a, a Star Wars holiday yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, looks so we're looking right now. It's it's only a couple months, really two full months away. Well, two and a half full months away, roughly, till Kenobi. So not that far oh, yeah. off. Uh, it'll be the next big Star Wars release, I, I believe, for anything Star Wars. So. Um, Having a trailer drop during the Super Bowl, not a bad way to win the night if you're Star Wars. Yeah, I've actually even heard rumors that uh, Bad Batch and Kenobi may be overlapping. Like, I could see that because we would be due for new new bar, uh, Bad Batch by late spring, early summer. It would be well overdue, so you could definitely see it. I mean, we've had some Marvel. I think we've had some Marvel. We definitely had Marvel overlaps with TV with a movie out at the same time. Oh yeah. So it's not out of the realm of possibility to have an animation and a live action overlapping in, in their time <laughs> being on the, on the app. So we'll see pretty exciting. Okay. So here's the thunder take. I want to ask you about the Super Bowl halftime show pitch for next year. And please, if you're watching uh, chime in uh, and drop your thoughts on this. So the Janet Jackson wardrobe malfunction, the infamous Janet Jackson wardrobe malfunction from the early 2000s. Um, there's a documentary out now, I believe on, on discovery or lifetime. They did a Janet Jackson documentary and that's been a big thing lately is to do documentaries on, um, pop stars and tragic stories like Britney Spears. They did it for the free Britney documentary. There were a couple of those out. That was a big talk of the internet. Uh, so on the heat, on the back of that, someone's done a Janet Jackson documentary 
about the wardrobe malfunction and how that all unraveled for her afterwards. And in the documentary, I haven't seen it, but what I've read and what I've heard about the documentary is it goes into some real detailed stuff about what happened after the wardrobe malfunction and how Les Moonves, who was the head of CBS at the time, was livid. And he was so angry, he purposely, and this is according to the documentary, this is all, you know, I don't know, I'll have to watch the documentary to see what they're, they're basing it on. I'm sure they have, they've done some due diligence in their, in their reporting, but they reported that Les Moonves had done everything in his power to have her blacklisted. He was so upset about it that he really went after her. And because CBS controls Viacom, controls MTV, controls VH1, it's a pretty powerful entity, uh, especially back in the early 2000s when MTV and VH1 had even, oh, yeah. more, had even more clout back then than they do now. So uh, they were... He had that he had her he had those media uh, channels to pull her off completely, not run any Janet stuff, no videos, no Janet Jackson promotion. She was completely wiped from Viacom's, you know, um, taken off of Viacom. He used every string he had to pull. He could pull to get her basically um, canceled in the early 2000s. And it did seem to hurt her career. Now, meanwhile, Justin Timberlake apparently was so uh, worried himself about himself. And he went, and this again, this is all according to what I've read in the, about the documentary, what, what the documentary is saying. He went to Les Moonves himself personally and got on his knees and begged him to let him still perform on the, to appear on the Grammys. Because again, CBS controls also the Grammys. Yeah. And that's another thing that they control that can really mess up a, a, an artist in music if they wanted to blacklist you. If you had control of Icom, you have a lot of power. You could get a, an artist really in trouble. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. so Justin begged him to let him do it. And he said he had, it was all, he did not know anything about it. He did not know it was going to, this was going to happen. So Les Moomis apparently let Justin do the, the Grammys, but he still blacklisted Janet Jackson. So, and as far as I know, Justin Timberlake continued on, on MTV and VH1 and Grammys for years after that, as far as I could tell from my own eyes. So that's the scandal here. Now, skip ahead years later, Les Moonves gets in trouble for himself. And I don't know the, all the, I don't remember all the details about what happened with Les Moonves, but I know he had his own scandal and he stepped down from CBS as the head of CBS just a few years ago, actually. So talking about what goes around comes around, which was also a Justin Timberlake uh, in a Justin Timberlake song. What goes around comes around. Anyway, um, here's my proposal to you, Jazz One. Long-winded setup for that, but my pitch is Janet Jackson and Britney Spears next year's halftime show for the Super Bowl. Make a huge splash. It would be coming full circle with Janet Jackson. Forgiveness. We need to have forgiveness in this world. And what better way to show forgiveness in the world than to bring Janet Jackson back to the Super Bowl? And then Britney Spears, it could be her comeback, the free Britney comeback, to have her also appear. And it would be it would be empowering for women, I think. I don't know. I'm not a woman, so I can't speak for the the, the female population, but I think there could be a, a, an angle there. And that would that would get people excited for the Super Bowl. And they're both, they've got huge libraries of music. 
So the two of them together, and there's not very many of those, you know, of those artists that are left that haven't done the Super Bowl already. Brittany did do the Super Bowl and Janice done the Super Bowl, but it's a different spin on it. I don't know. So what do you think about my idea? Do you want to make a big splash next year? Yeah, man, that's not a bad idea. But okay. my idea. Okay, you got, okay <laughs> let's hear it. I'll take a All sip right. of I'll take a sip of Donia and go ahead. Okay. So uh <laughs> so this year would like I never thought we'd see like a, a rap halftime, right? Like yeah. and this is like all it's, it's like huge, yeah. West Coast like all stars, right? Yeah, you got Snoop, Dre, you know, all these guys out there. It's not vanilla ice. This is like yeah. a real I mean, is, it, yeah. it's a solid lineup. Yeah, you know. So I was like, okay. So I think that broke the ground of having a rap halftime. And it, you know, yeah, maybe Brittany and we call it uh, uh, Janet next year. But if the uh, way Super Bowl gets played on the East Coast, how about a Wu Tang halftime? Woo, Woo Tang. <laughs> okay, then I had the idea. Okay, if they play it in New Orleans again, you know, like it keeps going back to the Superdome. Right. So it'll be like a, a no limit, you know, cash money, you know. Juvenile, wheezy, little boosy, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's like I think that would be a good lineup. We'll take, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Janet and uh, Brittany, like that would definitely pull in a lot of viewers. Make a splash. Make a oh, splash. Yeah. If you're looking for what's left out there that would make a splash. Now, if you want to go real real contemporary you don't, and you're not going to go hip hop. If you don't go hip hop again next year and you want to go super contemporary, uh Doja Cat. I really like the Doja Cat. Oh, I could see that. But I don't know <laughs> if she's been around long enough. They usually like people to build up their library a little bit. Oh yeah. To have yeah. they have a lot of songs. Have all the TikTok songs. <laughs> the artists want, the TikTok TikTok songs. <laughs> I'm liking that. I'm liking that Doja Cat though. That's that's my favorite new artist right now. Did you all ever do a Nardwar with? Was she around yet? Uh, I want to say uh, Nardwar did one, maybe out in Vancouver, or somewhere else. But I he, think he there's did a one. Doja Cat. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't shoot it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. That's a good one. You like the Doja Cat jazz? Oh, man, I go back and forth. I'm either like, okay, this is awesome, or what the hell is happening here? Uh, But then I'm like, oh, no, this is awesome. (laughs) I got to go back and forth. Yeah, you kind of one of those you go back and forth on. Yeah. Uh, I knew you had Billie Eilish. You were there for, you did a Billie Eilish with him, didn't you? Yeah, I I shot the uh, first uh, Billie Billie Eilish uh, Nardwar interview. Yeah, this was like, I will say she was like 16 at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like most of the time shooting kids like that, just kids are annoying at yeah. times. Yeah, you know? yeah. But Billy was like legit cool, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she That's laughed cool. a lot after the interview. Yeah. And uh, cool. yeah, remember uh, after the interview, uh, there's something that she did that I've stole from her when I'm shooting photos. Oh. So it's like, you know, after the interviews, we'll shoot mm-hmm. some photos together, mm-hmm. Nardwar and the artist, and, uh, you know, we'll take photos together. And uh, so it's like everybody kind of knows their angles. You know, a lot of times when you're in photos, you know, this is your good, good right. side. Yeah. So like every time we'd shoot a photo, Billy would be like 
switch, like change pose. I'm like, so all of a sudden, like you get out of your comfort zone in this, you know, very pose, knowing your angles or whatever to something that's not completely candid. Uh, But yeah, it's like, it was also the last interview we shot that week. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, so we, you know, I handed my camera to Billy and had Billy shoot me and Nardwar in our person. And so, yeah, every time she would like take a picture of us, she'd like switch, change. (laughs) And uh, yeah, you could definitely start getting like a little bit more, not fully candid, but just not as frozen. Like everybody knows like they're, like you ever see some people always have the same photo? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all know our angle. Like you said, we know our angle. We know yeah. a certain facial expression that maybe favors that we think favors us. And uh, everyone told like my wife said, you have a certain way you, you do your mouth. When you take photos, you do it every single time. I was like, yeah, that's how I know how to, I know how to pose my face. Like po- you, know, you pose with your body. Oh yeah. You pose with your face too. Like you're saying, but but yeah, you know, Billy was just like switch, change, no change pose, and it's just mm-hmm. from then on, I'm like, okay, I'm stealing this. Whenever I think people are too stiff right. in the photo, yeah, <laughs> that's funny, that's cool. Um, it's and also a, a bad news today for entertainment and photos. Speaking of photos and entertainment, was the announcement that Entertainment Weekly is going to be shutting its doors. And lay, lay, off, lay off of 400 employees, but yeah, the, they're going, they're going bye-bye entertainment weekly. Uh, which was, that was my go-to back in the day. I would grab a ma- movie magazine, entertainment yeah. magazine. I would get the entertainment weekly at the bookstore. Not giving away age, but like pre-internet, that was kind of like the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it's, it's pretty much the reason why uh, the internet is the expansion of the internet over the years and more and more content on the internet is why entertainment weekly would be going out of business and uh, probably the pandemic too had did not help um sales and the time you know with everything with the pandemic okay let's get into something though that has business is very good for streaming for disney plus and for star wars business seems to be doing really well and they're not closing their doors anytime soon in fact they're expanding (laughs) the universe as we speak with more star wars because we were just talking about how we we may get a crossover of two shows at the same time uh, for the first time since the app launched with uh, Bad Batch and Kenobi. And of course, that's all speculative right now, but that would be awesome. In May, those both came out the same month. So Book of Boba Fett, the reaction to Book of Boba Fett, uh, Chapter 7 just aired, and what an explosive outcome into the show, and what a season. The show is just so many things to talk about with this show. Here's a couple of little uh, memes. Those are the two dad bods, one from Marvel and one from, <laughs> one from Star Wars. Uh, we have there. And then, uh, oh, you know the guy that was on the Nirvana, the baby that was on the Nirvana yeah. cover? He sued them because of some stuff with his being nude as a baby. He said it was exploiting him. Well, they finally settled the lawsuit, and now they're going to replace every album cover with with uh, Grogu. Oh, totally. Best idea ever. <laughs> so, I'll rebuy the album. <laughs> the Grogu, that would be a good way to resell some more albums is to do a Grogu version of that album. So, anyway, so many things to talk about with this show. It had so many twists and turns. Uh, overall, I was very satisfied with the show. Um, thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely had some surprises. We talked at the beginning of the show when it started 
And you said, who's going to show up? Who might show up? Who are we going to see? And we were like, oh, who could we see? Who might show up? Mando? Would Mando show up? Did we think, did you think in your wildest dreams that we would get the cast list that we got? Man, I, I tell you, if, if one of the people that we were expecting or just showed up in this season, I would have been happy. Like Cad Bane, you know, like one of my favorite characters from like the uh, animated shows. Yeah. It, it was just like, I was kind of surprised when we saw Cad Bane on Bad Batch. You know, I wasn't expecting that. And to see a live action uh, Cad Bane. Yeah. And uh, it definitely falling into the whole uh, Western trope of it. Uh, I think you but, mentioned Cad Bane too at the beginning of the season. You say, "Oh, could where where would Cad could if I see Cad Bane show up in live action?" I mean, oh, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> blow my it's gonna blow my you were like it's gonna blow my mind. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It was just uh, yeah, it was a really amazing uh, Black Chrysanthemum. You know, like a, read some of the uh, comic books yeah. and stuff, and just to see that you know Black Chrysanthemum live action. Yeah, and it was just like. You know, and I've been legit worried about Grogu. Like, just been hoping he's doing doing okay in Jedi yeah. school. And, to, you know, not just get, like, a quick drop in. Like, and we got basically two episodes of, you know, Mando 2.5. Yeah. Yeah, there is when he, he first leaves. And anything new? What are some... What is some what is one thing that jumps out at you if I ask you, what is something new you learned about Star Wars? that you as a fan did not know that you learned from this season, the book of Boba Fett. I like, really like, I really like the backstory of the Tuscans. Yeah. You know, it does feel like calling them sand people is kind of racist now in 2022. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you not, know, not just kind of, yeah, just kind of showing like, you know, there's a culture, you know, to these people yeah. and, you know, these Tuscans are people, you know, like mm -hmm. I definitely appreciate that. But I'll tell you one thing that really kind of struck me was, uh, Okay, so we were all just blown away to see mm -hmm. Luke Skywalker mm -hmm. at the end of the Mandalorian second season. Yeah. And I apologize for tweeting that photo <laughs> and you know what I was saying. Oh, yeah. But, okay, so when we saw Luke freaking Skywalker in the Mandalorian, yeah. we we're like, holy shit, there's Luke Skywalker. You know, it, it didn't look real, real, but, you know, it serviced the story, right? Yeah. Okay, Luke Skywalker was in the last episode of The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Luke Skywalker in this episode, in that, uh, yes. was it fifth or sixth? No, sixth episode. Luke Skywalker was, I mean, I know it's not him, but you know what? He was acting like there was literal, like, that was a performance rather than just showing up. It wasn't just a cameo. Let's shoot some of it from the back for a little bit. Then we'll shoot that one shot where we see him from the knees down. We'll have one where we shoot through the monitor, like through the this TV screen. You see it in a fuzzy. You, Grogu is looking at the little TV. Oh yeah. We get some shots there. Then he finally shows up. It's a few seconds. We do some wide shots. Maybe don't go in too close. You no, know, he was in there. What that episode? A good two minutes. You know. I mean, I thought he. Was, I thought was, he was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought he could. He was about to make out with Ahsoka Tano. There was so much. <laughs> Mood and there's so much feel with that role, like he was there, Man, was, like, just, he was really there. Just knowing that Luke and Ahsoka has had conversations, even if it's just more than, even if it's more than what we just saw right. on screen, like hey, 
reminds me of your father. You yeah. Know? I am like, just to know that these two have interacted, you know, I mean, it's like Ahsoka probably knew uh, Anakin better than anybody but Padme, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Watcher on, on the, uh, the Marvel series? Yeah. Uh, the, um, on the What If? The Watcher sees everything. Watcher's yeah. like, like my, one of my coolest characters now for Marvel. It's kind of a cool character. I like the voice and the whole like role that he plays. Even oh, though yeah. sometimes he got kind of frustrating because you were like, <laughs> just interfere already. But anyway, the Watcher, if I was the Watcher of Star Wars and was given uh, access to, to interfere from time to time, when they're building that new Jedi Academy and they got the little robots that are going around, they're putting the little, oh, yeah. together, which is fun to watch. That was cool. That was fun to watch. So they're building the new Academy. I would have been like whispering in Luke's ear, like the watcher, the watcher, the watcher. put fire alarms, fire alarms, <laughs> fire alarm system, fire sprinklers, ASAP. Don't forget the fire sprinklers. It looks pretty, but put some fire you have fire sprinklers in Star Wars, don't you? <laughs> they don't have handrails. <laughs> yes oh man so uh 30th century fox says i love how luke just sent grogu back to tatooine with no supervision like oh you don't want to hang then get gone <laughs> I, I did read something on i read something on that today also it's a true way to pay off everything feloni uh to pay off everything feloni's vision yeah or feloni oh yeah well yeah i read today about that and you know how luke told grogu that he has to release his attachments in that in the episode in the chapter six, he says, you have to release your attachments. And I said something like moving forward. If you really commit to being a Jedi, you've got to release those attachments and whatnot. And then same thing. Uh, I think he told him that if you choose Mandalore, you have to release attachments to me and everything else. That was a part of what is going on here. We didn't see that, but that was a speculation of what I read today on this one article and that makes some sense to me and why he would not even have wanted to be involved and fly, you know, physically himself in being the one to fly him to Tatooine. But he was, did feel it was his duty as a part of his promise to uh, Mandal to Din to keep him safe was to make sure that he would be safely seen back to him as well. So it was kind of like, I'm not going to physically be involved in taking you back myself and, and flying the X-Wing back, but I'm going to see that you do get back. And that was something cool for me was seeing R2, basically uh, Tesla, that that X-Wing back to Tatooine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And did you, when you saw the X-Wing show up at the junkyard, did you say, oh, Luke's flying? Or did you pretty early quickly say, I think it was droned in? Man, I wasn't sure. Like, uh, man, you know how many times Star Wars will give you like red herrings. Yeah, I know? mean, it could have been misdirections and stuff. Like, I just like, I didn't know if Luke was showing up, and man, him and Grogu both have lightsabers or something. But yeah, when I you couldn't see the uh, pilot, I was like, oh hell, little Grogu's in there. And, Grogu's, uh, Grogu's in that ship. You know, well now whenever I see an X-wing, I was like, is it Luke or is it Captain Tiva? Oh, yeah, Captain Carson Tiva. Yeah. Man, I was happy to see Paul in, in oh, another episode this season. Another I surprise. Mean, we would have not, I mean, I would have hoped to have seen him back, but had no idea we were going to see him in Book of Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. Show yeah, up. I tell you, of anybody, like, I know a lot of people in the movie and the shows are fans of Star Wars, 
but man, just, I don't know. I just relate to Paul, you know, seeing Paul, uh, Sun Young Lee in the, uh, in Star Wars TV shows. I'm like, man, he is, he is all of us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's a cool guy and, and it's cool to see him pop up. Now I'm convinced not so I wasn't totally convinced in the first, in that last season of Mandalorian, when we saw him, he was kind of sprinkled in there throughout the season. I know he appeared on at least a couple of episodes. Yeah. And in one episode where he had a pretty significant pivotal role, he shows up again, this time again, interacting with Mandalorian and and when they're flying in space and a pretty good scene they gave him there. But now I'm convinced that we will see some more of him in the future in the Mandalorian part of the universe. I think we'll oh, see. I'll, I'll, I would not be surprised. We at have all. not seen the last of Captain Carson Tiva. I'd be very surprised if we do. If we have, we, we don't see more. And I'll tell you what, one thing that surprised me. Well, one, uh, the, was it Bryce uh, Dallas Howard? Yeah. I did not know that was Ron Howard's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've... It never occurred to me. Then I saw something online. I'm like, oh, wow. And she's put together a pretty interesting resume as an actress and now directing. And people are calling. There has been an internet outcry for her to direct a Star Wars movie based off what she did this year on Book of Boba Fett and her directorial work this season on the Book of Boba Fett. So I could see that happening in the future. Ron Howard, there's always been kind of a thread there, a, a connection between Howard and, and Lucas. Because Ron Howard, at a very, you know, very younger years, starred in a George Lucas movie. He's in American Graffiti. Oh, shit. Pre Star Wars. Yeah. Which was George Lucas's work before Star Wars. Also, Harrison Ford in American Graffiti. So that was the first, Harrison Ford's first time working with George Lucas was in American Graffiti, not Star Wars. So Ron Howard also in that movie, American Graffiti, and I know he was really inspired by George Lucas as, as you know, his uh, goal of wanting to be a director and watching him on the set and wanting to be able to follow in his footsteps and be a director himself. What I've been, I've always been curious about is if Harrison Ford was picked to be Han Solo, they did, they did audition a lot of people. A lot of people were being considered, but he finally went with somebody that he, you know, directors like to work with people. They have people oh, yeah. that are their guys. We just watched Robert Rodriguez, the executive producer of the book of Boba Fett. And he brought back the, um, the machete for, a, what oh, yeah. Time. And that's a guy he's, he works with a lot. Um, that actor, I, I wish you could think of I'm, so, I'm so sorry. That I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo, um, has been in all kinds of Robert Rodriguez movies. Oh he yeah. Likes, he likes to work with Danny Trejo. So, and directors have that, you know, like Richard Linklater with Ethan Hawke. Um, so Ron Howe, I mean, uh, Harrison Ford kind of seems to be that for George Lucas. Cause he was in star Wars, American graffiti, and then later in Indiana Jones. Oh yeah. So he worked, worked with him a lot. What it was Ron Howard ever considered for Luke Skywalker. That's my question. <laughs> Did he get a read? Did he at least get a read for it? Oh man, uh, it can't be any better than what I'm just imagining right now. <laughs> Can you try to picture that? What that would have looked like? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, immediately he probably like this. This is quite. I mean, I like Richie. I like I like uh, you know Richie Cunningham, but not going to work as in this in the lightsaber, and this is not working. And something's off. <laughs> Put him back in a '57 Chevy. And have him singing, oh, I found my thrills on, on Blueberry Hill and we're back in business. But sometimes it just doesn't. <laughs> I'm sure he wanted to make it work because I think he really liked Ron Howard. 
Oh yeah. He couldn't figure a way to make it work anyway. Um, one of my favorite memes, I don't have it, but has been the, uh, talking about Luke and how the CGI has seemingly gotten so much better in just a year between that Mandalorian episode and what they were able to accomplish in this episode. Can you imagine what they're going to be able to do in a year later and a year later after that? I think we're getting close to where you could have a whole series with a character like that. DH'd. Man, how would you feel if we had the reunion that we always wanted to see? Uh, I wouldn't be a bit but, surprised. But uh, ge- computer generated, man. It's like, like we saw Han, Luke, and Leia like in one scene. Like that, well, that would break my brain. Well, I mean, I think you could do it easily as an animated series. Why, why not have an animated series that's about the three of them right yeah. after Return of the Jedi? And and do a do an animated series with that. That would get a ton of watches. I mean, that would be a huge hit. Uh, it would be much easier for them to do that than right now doing it all computer generated, which I think I think still a big process. And that's why we didn't seek Luke in Chapter Seven. Oh yeah, because <laughs> it's like Man. you get one you get one episode of that. Yeah, I like how uh, Boba Fett had a cameo in uh, Boba Fett Episode Six. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I heard some people complaining about that. I'm like, man. You know, first of all, that's when uh, Boba Fett was learning how to ride a Rancor. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I cannot wait for that. Yeah. Like, I got up on uh, Avatar about, yeah. about a year, year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody could be cast better than uh, Paul for Uncle Ira. Yeah, that's a good casting. I'm glad he got that. So he, he'll be doing that. He's got his new show he's coming out with. That's uh, him diving into uh, nerd culture, collect people that yeah, are passionate like, about fan- things they collect. Fan- Fandalorium or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I wonder what network that's going to be on. I know. I Hopefully it goes to, it goes back to Netflix where, where uh, Kim's, Kim's Convenience was and ends up there in the U.S. And then also 30th Century Fox is better than Clint Howard as Han. <laughs> 100, Fox. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Uh, yeah, but Bryce Dallas Howard has pulled together quite an interesting, you know, resume with her in the Jurassic Park movies. She's been uh, in in the um, the Netflix series. What's the show with all the twisted uh, Black Mirror? She did an episode oh, yeah. of Black Mirror. She was in a uh, M Night Shyamalan. First thing I ever saw her in was an M Night Shyamalan uh, movie. That that I can't remember the name of the movie, but she's oh in that. yeah. You know what I'm talking about. She, the first thing I ever saw her in was that. So yeah, she put in, in there's some other stuff. Those are some of the things I remember seeing her in that I really enjoyed. And now director of Star Wars. <laughs> and will direct again, I'm sure. And and I have a feeling this has really put the director bug in her. I think she's going to be doing a lot more directing in the future. Like following her dad's footsteps. Oh, yeah. So, Man, so. I, I tell you one thing that's kind of uh, annoyed me. It's like all the uh, armchair directors on Twitter. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. You know, it's like, man, I thought this... Uh, these episodes are really good. I think so many people, I guess having episodes roll out one per week gives you like too much time with it or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, trust, trust the ride. You know, you know, people like uh, saying that Robert Rodriguez shouldn't be directing star Wars. I'm I've like, heard that. Yeah. You know, here's the thing, man, like you've done some video work, you know, like it's, it's a skill to be able to tell stories and video and yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just like the people who are like the armchair quarterbacks, yeah. you know, 
if they would have just done this or that, but you know, you put them on the field and uh, they would be pancakes pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you uh, sat there and you wanted to coach, you were coaching the game. So they should have done this. They should have ran it. Why did they not run it? People oh, do yeah. that. People do that with movies and television. They should have ran uh, the ball. Uh, that reminds me of one of my uh, LSU friends. Uh, he does a uh, YouTube channel and uh, he was like talking about some uh, field goal that anybody could have made that. Uh, so uh, CBS invites him out <laughs> to like the national championship game and uh, they have him show up at this uh, practice facility and they're like, okay, uh, if anybody can do it, you know, do it. <laughs> you know, they had like, you know, field goal posts set up, you know, like, <laughs> no, you have like uh, however many fractions of a second to kick it. And uh, yeah, it, it was funny. I was happy for him though. <laughs> well, we would have had better clock management had I, had I coached the Cowboys this year. <laughs> but anyway, I regress. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still not happy. So what do you uh, think of that uh, post-credit scene? Yeah, I want to ask you about the post-credit scene. And then I, at first, you know, was like, what's going on there? And then I, I started looking online. I went back and watched it today. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Cobb's, Cobb's alive. Cobb Van. Yeah. And and uh, that's him in the Bacta tank. And uh, so great news for fans of Cobb Van. What do you think about that? Man, I tell you, uh, I was stoked to see Thundercat in Star Wars. Yeah. Like the uh, mod, like, not like how right. the mod studio kind of felt like a tattoo studio, right. a tattoo shop. And uh, to see him at the very end, just about to go to work on Cobb Vanth, like, you know, I guess Cobb's going to be a little bit of a uh, mod, you know, like Fennec is a mod, you know, Darth Vader is a mod, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't wait to see uh, how that turns out. Like, hopefully Cobb Vanth is a part of this universe for a while. He's a great character. I know it looked like, it seemed like that maybe they had, he was gone. Oh, um, yeah. We got to chapter seven. It's like, maybe he did get off. He did get killed. Um, and then, and by the way, by the way, that deputy is now the Star-Lord of Star Wars. <laughs> so just stayed out of it. Didn't know when to stay down. It made things much worse than they needed to be. Uh, I want to, you know, a lot of the, the, the uh, criticism earlier in the season, a lot of memes, I, I mean, some of the memes were funny. There were some of the Power Ranger memes about the motor, the moped gang. And at first I was like, well, the moped gang is interesting. That's, that is a little different. Uh, very colorful for Tatooine and, and uh, Moss Eisley section of that planet. Well, then I started thinking about it and I remembered back to the animated series from the 1980s. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the droids one, right? Saturday morning cartoon droids, where a lot of people, I'm aging myself a little bit that I am even aware that that existed, but a lot of people don't know about droids, especially people that were more, grew up with the prequels. Oh, uh, yeah. Post, you know, original Star Wars that found their Star Wars later. Uh, they didn't know about the droids. And I don't think droids, I don't know if you can get droids on Disney Plus. I know it's available on, on there's some of it, some of it's on YouTube little bits and pieces of it are on YouTube. You might even be able to watch a whole episode, but droids had a cyberpunk aesthetic. Uh, the characters oh, yeah. very colorful, even in the music. Uh, have you watched any of it? 
yeah, yeah. I watched uh, like several episodes, some of them a little bit more intensely than others. But uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was an interesting show, especially to know like the time it was in. Yeah, I'm not expecting to be canon or anything, but sure. Yeah, yeah it's it had a lot of uh, a lot of synth synth pop. Yeah, well, I mean, the one thing that kind of drives me a little crazy is like when people say, "Oh, this is Star Wars and this isn't." You know, yeah. I'm like, if you are a consumer, if you are viewing this, you know, you can have things you like or don't like, mm-hmm. but you really don't get a say in what is Star Wars or not Star Wars. You know, I think I mentioned it before, like as an artist myself, you know, mm-hmm. I always say if what I do doesn't do it for you, it's simply not for you. I kind of hold all movies, music and everything to that same thing. If I don't like it, it's not for me. You know, right. it's like if you don't, you know, if you don't like this sequel series, you know, trilogy, it's not for you. It's for me. You know, right. if you don't like some decisions, you know, in this Boba, Boba Fett series. Right. You know, like I heard someone complaining that the one mod guy spun around before he shot, you know, but and you can look at odd spins and, you know, Obi-Wan and uh Darth Vader and mm-hmm. Finnick Shan has some flips, you know, that's not really needed. But like I said, enjoy it or don't. But, you know, the consumer doesn't get to decide what is or isn't the thing, you know. Um, yeah. And so I wondered, you know, Rob Rodriguez maybe had borrowed from from that show from from droids. And I was like, you know, that that's cool, though. I like that. A lot of people won't won't catch that, but I thought that was interesting. If that's where it came from, was kind of the cyberpunk aesthetic being brought in from droids, and like you said, that musically it was very different. It had the the synthesizers, the eighties music in that series. Well, you know, I remember back going back to Force Awakens. The complaint against Star Wars was that it was too. Um, they went back to the usual tropes too much and there wasn't anything oh, yeah. new new being brought in. And that was the, the whole beef that had people had with star Wars for a long time was, Oh, we're going back to tattooing or we're going back to Hoth. There's nothing new with the characters. There's nothing unique. And then they bring in, in the last Jedi, this casino, um, Canto bite and something very different. And then again, here in the book of Boba Fett with the moped gang, we see a different kind of part of the star Wars galaxy something bringing again an attempt to bring in something different and people are going to complain about that now instead of like oh now we're trying something different we're all giving you a different view of the star wars universe it's not all dirty land speeders and and farm kids on tatooine you know i can see some teenagers you know especially a group like that you know like you i mean you look at uh you know uh like Mexican street games, you know, like you, you see the very colorful card, you know, it's just like, even when people are struggling, you kind of taking pride in what you have, Mm -hmm. you know, if you got some red paint or yellow paint or blue paint, you know, paint your, you know, space moped, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. not mad at that at all. Hell yeah. I agree. Uh, what was, uh, El Mariachi? Uh, you know, as, as someone who's done some film work, before like i always uh admired what he did for so little you know uh with el mariachi i want to say it's like incredibly little money was spent and launched an entire career yeah. off of it 
Yeah, and I read that book that he put out after that, and he basically raised money by doing PPD pharmaco studies in Austin. Oh, wow. Yeah, for his first big for that first movie, El Mariachi, he raised a lot of money from that. Yeah, other 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 ways of fundraising as well. But that was before GoFundMe. So back in in 1990, <laughs> whatever that year what it was, GoFundMe was a PPD pharmaco study. <laughs> I, like when I first moved to Austin, I knew some people that were doing those. The PPDs, yeah, 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 yeah. I had some friends that would do them too. I, I know some people that got in there and and like were lab rats, human lab rats for the experiments. But yeah, uh, PPD Pharmaco that was the GoFundMe of 1995. Uh, so, um, I want to ask you. We had that that in credits. We see a Cobb Vanth. He's obviously in the in the uh, in the. Uh, the pod back there. To tank. Yeah, back the tank. Back to... We never see more Bach to tank than we saw this season in the book of Boba Fett. The Bach to tank got a lot of action. And by the way, he put, he offered his Bach to tank to the Wookiee. Yeah. Uh, was it crustacean? Yeah. Black crustacean. Black crustacean. I said crustacean. <laughs> it's a big shrimp. <laughs> that's, a, that's a shrimp. But you know, from being from Louisiana, it's actually a shrimp. It would be a very different bounty hunter from, from the sea side of star wars yeah. this part of star wars probably knows uh, jar jar binks this this bounty hunter but crustacean is my new character i've invented for star wars i want to see crustacean <laughs> in the next season of book of boba fett bring me shrimp boy bring me shrimp man <laughs> robert rodriguez dave filoni john favreau bring me crustacean i want to see it okay so uh we get to see this he's in the box to tank but the box to tank was offered to uh the wookiee uh, because he had uh, basically, you know, he took a quite a beating there in that last episode. Oh, yeah. And really came, showed up for the team. Really showed up for the team when they needed him most. He offered him his Bacta tank, but I'm thinking, I hope they have a good drain in that Bacta tank. And all that, <laughs> or at least filters. <laughs> I mean, at least the filters, because that Wookiee, that Wookiee's going to shed in that tank. And then when, when you're, you know, you're Boba Fett, you get back in that tank and you got all this hair floating in your water. <laughs> It's not going to be as as appealing. Oh yeah, and see, man, I I, I don't know. I, I think Wookies, just in general, are probably very fragrant because, like, you don't see like Chewy, Lacrosan, you don't see them like panting like dogs, yeah. right? Oh, so yeah, that means true. they they got to be sweating under that fur. Yeah, like, yeah. I was at a store one day. And I saw a uh. A, it was a Chewbacca like Wookiee air freshener. And I'm like, yeah. I don't want my car to smell like a Wookiee. That may not be the right angle to go, right? <laughs> the Chewbacca cologne. Oh, you see, you know, and like, man, I'm thinking like the Millennium, uh, no, Millennium Falcon probably smells a little bit like, uh, you know, Wookiee, but like a little bit like burning electronics. <laughs> Somewhere kind of blend of that. If we were in the the room trying to design that perfume, that cologne, that maybe some ideas <laughs> might bring in and say, what, what are some scents that need to be combined to make this, this Wookiee cologne? It would be like the first cologne that needs a warning label. <laughs> it will make your lover go raw. <laughs> they smell your Wookiee cologne. <laughs> Wookiee cologne by Chewbacca. Well, and then also, you know, I hope that they they have they may he's probably gonna have to sweep up his own hair there at the palace. Oh he yeah, shed, he sheds a lot. They're gonna have him do his his sweeping for him. Uh, so anyway, yeah, maybe get a second Bakta tank for for the case that one gets 
gets a. Uh, and was that Bakta tank there when Jabba was there? Was that part of Jabba's uh, furniture that was left behind, or did he bring that in? Did he order? Did he call one eight hundred Bakta tank. Oh no, he got on Amazon. <laughs> Called Star Wars Amazon. Yeah, Space Amazon. It's definitely um, delivered by droids. Oh yeah. No, I'm like uh, wondering. Uh, yeah, I wonder where they got it because I don't think Jabba would have felt no fit in it. Because droids never need to go to the bathroom, so they would be Amazon perfect delivery people. <laughs> oh boy, um, you can tell I don't work for Amazon. I wouldn't be making that joke on the show, <laughs> and probably now we'll never work for Amazon because of that. Joke. <laughs> oh man! So uh, Cobb Vanth probably back for Mandalorian season three. We'll see him. Yeah, man, I can't wait to see uh, like. You know, I heard some people complaining, okay, it's called the Book of Boba Fett. And, you know, like there was, you know, Mandalorian episodes. I'm like, you know, uh, I heard some people describe it uh, before the uh, season came out. That it was like the Mandalorian 2.5, you know. Yeah. Like, I, I do like the uh, back history. I like the flashbacks, you know, uh, you know. I guess the uh, flashback to <laughs> it really had a lot in there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that in there that made it feel like a, a kind of a two, like you said, a, the, the 2.5 season of Mandalorian. And uh, were you surprised when they, we got that much Mandalorian in chapter five? Yeah. It turned I was out to be chapter five. Yeah. That was basically like a Mandalorian, like a uh, 2.5 episode. And I was yeah. like, I was like just trying to look at my watch every now and then and think, okay, Okay, they're doing a lot of Mando. Or are they going to get back to Boba at all? And yeah. to do like a whole episode, man, think about like how much history we got. You know, we yeah. got the Night of the Thousand Tears. Yeah. You know, uh, we got like Mandalorian history. Like there was so much, you know, background and history and just like world building we got, you know, in that hour. You know, it seems to be a trend now in series where there's these like episodes that kind of jump off to a side character, but it does all kind of piece together later. Kind of like what, what was done in cinema years ago with Pulp Fiction, where Pulp Fiction would have a section, a whole section of the movie for a while that would go off and would follow Bruce Willis's character around. And he was a totally different character from the Sam Jackson and the John Travolta characters, but they would have a whole section of the movie that would follow his character around for a good chunk of movie before you'd get back to the, the main characters. And I feel like some of that was what was being used in this, where you had the whole Mando and it all kind of pieced together for the finale. Oh yeah. What happens in, in getting Grogu reunited, reunited with Mandalorian. We had to go through all of that, those steps for the, for the audience for it to calculate for us. Oh how yeah. They're able to bring them all back together. But, um, I watched where I'm watching with a show. There's, I told you we were talking about the beginning of the show. There's things we watch. Yeah. We would not maybe normally watch, but maybe we have a friend that's into it. We watch it with them or a spouse or, or mate. Um, my wife, I've been watching with her, the Tommy Lee and Pam Anderson, uh, new docs, the new, uh, series they have with Seth, oh, Rogen, yeah. Seth Rogen. And, um, they had, they did a similar, very similar thing in the first two episodes. The first episode follows spoilers for Pam and Tommy Lee on Hulu. If you're uh, don't want anything spoiled for that show, just a, just a heads up. First episode follows mostly not Pam and Tommy Lee, but it follows the Seth Rogen character around who is the guy 
that is working as a contractor on their 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 mansion. Oh right? shit. He plays this kind of um down on his luck contractor that's doing work on Tommy Lee's mansion. Okay. Oh shit. So the first episode, you're kind of like, whoa, he's the main character. It's basically not even father, nothing with Pim and, and Tommy Lee, except for just a little bit here at the beginning to establish that they're there in their relationship. The second episode shifts completely. It goes backwards and it gives you a flashback episode where it goes completely back to the Tommy Lee and how he meets Pam, Pamela Anderson Lee oh, and, sure. how, and how their whole relationship starts and evolves into them getting married after only knowing each other after only for only a few days. So oh, that sure. becomes that that's the second episode, which kind of works as a prequel to the first episode, but it all worked. And you could all kind of seeing it start to piece together and how it's going to evolve into the story of what happens with the videotape that gets oh, out the porn. Uh, my uh, younger sister uh, used to be uh, married to the son of uh, Mick Mars. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and some people get really caught up in just how they think the storytelling should be their own headcanon, their expectations get in the way of letting them enjoy, you know, a good ride. Yeah. You know, uh, the uh, Clone Wars, the animated show, mm -hmm. which I had the biggest late pass on. So glad I watched it. Uh, it's made me enjoy everything else with Star Wars so much more. Uh, but man, they would do uh, story arcs. You know, mm -hmm. they would do, uh, you know, two to three or four episodes, you know, in an arc. And then it would kind of jump around. So like this season of Boba Fett, you know, you had... Uh, basically like four episodes of, you know, him, the Tuscans, you know, we got to find out so many things that, you know, we've had burning questions for, you know, mm -hmm. like how do he survive this and that. And then, uh, then we go off, you know, off world, you know, go to uh, have that Mando episode and then, you know, have Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka and, had been like all in one episode. Yeah. And then we tied it back, you know, together with that final episode. Yeah. You know, let, yeah, I'm a, I'm still processing, man. There was just so much happening, you know? Uh, yeah. That, uh, I still think the sixth episode is probably my best, my favorite episode, you know? Uh, you know, there was, even though it was same, a little here. slower pace, it was, well, it, there it's, was it's so close. much, in it so, so much close happening. for me between five yeah. and six between those two but yeah six damn good <laughs> i mean that's literal star wars porn oh yeah <laughs> so, did we need did we know we were going to get luke did we know we were going to get i mean all of those i mean just so many presents under the tree in this episode this season for star wars fans i mean we got to see boba fett literally get out of the sarlacc pit and how he does it Oh in yeah! First, in the first minutes, we see it. We get to watch it live action. Oh, did you see the uh, Pat Oswald uh, video uh, where he basically calls that? I do remember watching that. Yes. Yeah, from Parks and Rec, like eight yeah. years ago, and like he basically describes that scene to a T. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping they gave him a writing credit for that. Oh, me too. <laughs> we all, every, the whole internet knows he came up with that. <laughs> well, even while I was watching it, I was like. This is like my dreams come true, but isn't it it's like, didn't I see someone describe this one time? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> Parks and Rec episode. This seems oddly familiar. <laughs> yeah. Well, he also called for a Marvel Star Wars crossover in that pitch, didn't he? 
Maybe. I, I know he was, uh, what you call it, doing a filibuster. Yeah, you know? he was doing a filibuster. So it kept yeah. getting more and more and building on it and building on it. And then he started getting really, started off really, everything about it was very believable and, and seemed like it could happen in Star Wars. And But then it started to escalate into like, I think he started talking about Thanos somehow getting involved and being in Star Wars. Well, and the I, crazy thing is I heard he improv that whole scene. It's pretty good. That's <laughs> pretty good. That's impressive. Oh my goodness. Well, this was a uh, little clip here I wanted to show you. If you remember this. So. Wow, what an ending. Who'd have thought Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father? Ah, oh, thank, thank you. Oh, thank you, Mr. Blow the picture for me. My <laughs> Classic there, Homer Simpson blowing the uh No, that actually happens happened to our, our the, the late great Johnny Lightfoot because his friend came on the show when we did his tribute episode and talked about how they accidentally did that for I think it was Infinity War or in game oh, no in game but it was on accident they thought they thought they were the last movie of the night and they stayed around the parking lot talking about the movie because they it was so late they said they didn't realize there was another movie after that so there were people going into the movie when they were talking about it. They didn't realize there were still people going to see the movie. Bro, I still feel guilty for uh, spoiling out the Mandalorians. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I mean, that was, I opened up social media. I've learned my lesson. Yeah, we're talking about jazz and the, the finale of Mandalorian season two and the big Luke Skywalker thing. I, I literally didn't say anything but post a pic of me and Mark Hamill. But I knew. I knew. <laughs> but <Well>, you know. <laughs> And I kind of, <laughs> I kind of set that up for myself too, though, because I had predicted, and I got so much blowback on TikTok for saying it's going to be Luke Skywalker, and I'll tell you why. And I presented the reasons why I thought it made the most sense for it to be Luke. And everyone, yeah. all the big ones, Campia, everyone on YouTube was saying someone else it was going to be Ahsoka. It was going to be this other Jedi from the Clone Wars because Filoni is it. And it was very uh, good information that to back up that argument of why it was going to be these other jedis but i'm like no it makes total sense that that species that was the same species as yoda it would come full circle for yoda for yoda that trained luke for luke to train baby yoda oh yeah and it had that connection there and so i was like there and i didn't but i didn't know how they would bring in luke that was the part i wasn't sure about were they going to get a different actor were they going to do cgi I knew they could do it. We knew they had been doing the CGI for almost five years with Rogue One and then what they had did with, with the Rise of Skywalker and Carrie Fisher. So we knew it was possible. I just didn't know whether they would do it on a, on a show. Would they have that budget for a TV show like they have for a movie? Anyway, yeah. So anyway, but yeah, yeah. I knew. I did it for myself too. I spoiled it for myself. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering if we're going to get like a uh, Star Wars gallery episode, you know, like the behind the scenes making Probably. of. Probably, like, yeah. I wonder if it's going to be next week or if it, we're going to have to wait for a while. Like, I can't wait to see like how they pulled a lot of that stuff off. Well, you know that the uh, what I've read, and I can't wait to see that. I'm sure they're going to do one. I can't wait. That's, that should be coming up soon. You know they. So we saw the behind the scenes of how they brought Luke in for the Mandalorian, and all the you know Mark Hamill and how they used him and how he was involved in it. So what I understand is Mark didn't even have to come in this time. Now they used the actor and they were able to do it all. And they, they were able to do a voice by computer generated using his old voice, his from other stuff that he had been in and piecing it all together. But 
they had hired, there was a guy after that Mandalorian episode that did a deep fake online that people were doing a side by side of. They were like, oh, this deep fake on the internet, though, still better than what they did in the Mandalorian. And people were comparing it side by side. Well, Disney ended up hiring that guy. Yeah. Was that guy like Shamook or something? I think like, so. It sounds familiar. Yeah. So I'm but wondering yeah. if he was involved in this one because this I one. I want to like, say I heard that. Yeah. Because this time it was even like an upgraded upgrade. And how cool is that when the advancements in technology and what's accessible for us at our fingertips as creators in our own home studios has now gotten to a point where it's almost caught up on some things, on some things to what studios have access to, to where a person that has the talent can and have the ability to, to show their work and get jobs like that by doing, you know, I don't think that guy had any intention to like be malicious or, or try to show up the technology people. I think he wanted to show his talents and hopefully get some a job himself in the future. And it worked. He did get a job. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now the fans are going to say ugly things and say, Oh, this is better. This is such a sucky one, but he was not saying he was just showing, Hey, this is what I did. Look at what I can do. Maybe give me a job sometime too. And, and you can learn. So the studios, when they're open and open-minded enough and egos aren't like hurt and they're saying, Hey, we can, sometimes we can learn from the fans. And, and bring in and use their ideas and hire them. And that's what the internet can be is sometimes it can be a way to connect people Oh yeah, and not just divide people and have people hate, hating and mad at each other. But it can also sometimes it, that, that person, the studio reached out to that person. And I thought that was pretty big of them to do that. Oh, absolutely. So anyway, I love the show. Uh, can't wait for Kenobi in May. Um, pretty excited that's going to be unbelievable and uh we get anakin skywalker darth vader coming back um maybe darth maul shows Dude. up yeah in in the in that in that whole timeline uh during that time uh maybe jimmy smith comes back to reprise his role from the <laughs> from the these are all predictions things i could see oh, happening yeah. see happening i think it's um it's kind of going to be for this for the prequels what I believe Mandalorian is for the original trilogy. What happens right, like maybe a little bit after like five or 10 years later or a few years later. And then this is where we're at. And of course, Ethan, uh, Ewan McGregor is going to be there, which is huge. Getting him to come back to do Obi-Wan Kenobi. He said he came back for the fans of the prequels. Um, so as going to be, I'm pretty, I'm just so excited. That was so cool. Such a great time for, for fandom. Oh yeah, absolutely, bro. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Take my bag of money. Disney Star Wars. Uh, it's so good. Okay. Thoughts and advice. But but before thoughts and advice, agree or disagree for you, Jazz One. Oh, let's do it. On this 156th episode. Number one. Dr. Phil has now been accused for his show has been accused of, of having a toxic work environment now this has been a trend in uh in especially in talk shows because this is the same accusations that were made against the ellen ellen and her show and the work environment on her show is that there was a toxic work environment uh there's also the wendy williams show she's leaving her show she's being replaced there were some controversies with her show steve harvey who seems like the most lovable guy ever had accusations a few years ago on his show, on one of his shows, of also having a toxic work environment. 
Oh, goodness. So my agree or disagree for you is, I I think the industry itself, there's just, there's just a lot of toxic personalities in entertainment. And sometimes, you know, the type of person that sometimes is successful, for better or worse, in the industry, because the industry, I met the guy, you ever watch MASH? Yeah. The guy that played the junkyard guy on MASH. That, that guy, he was on several episodes. He was the one that ran the junkyard. And he was a recurring character on the show. Well, he lives in our area of Austin, San Marcos. And he has been teaching theater. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. I feel terrible. But he's a very recognizable guy. He was a, a professor, theater department at uh, Texas State for a number of years. I don't know if he's still out there. And I used to see him downtown in Austin. And I, I one time I walked up ran to him and it was when I was doing a lot, I was pounding the pavement as an actor. I said, you got any advo advice for someone like me that's starting out? And he was like, they're going to do everything they can. And he didn't say who they were. And at first I was like, who is, who are they? Who are they? So they are going to do everything they can to beat you down. They are going to try to destroy your, your confidence, your uh, will, your, your joy, you got to stay tough and not let them, you know, beat you down. And I was like, who are they? Who are all these days? And I didn't ask him, but I just said, Oh, okay. Wow. It wasn't until later that it was like kind of in more of a hindsight too, after I got kind of separated from the whole experience of working and being around the industry, I was on a set one time. I won't say it where it was, but it was after I had done an access show in character as captain badass. I had been on an Austin access show and it was, it was, as they were kind of starting to close, it was actually the original Austin Music Network before it was oh, taken, yeah. over, taken over by um, some other people when it was still public access. I did a show and I made a joke about the takeover, where it was going to be going. And it was again, it was me. I was trying to be funny. I was being, I was, I was in character. I made a joke about the the actual takeover. Later, months, uh, weeks later, I'm on a set and apparently somebody that had some involvement in that tr that transaction recognized me and came up after I had done an audition and they were a crew member working on this show and they took something and they shoved it at me at my stomach and said, and then made a comment about the joke. And, and they were like, and the, you, I know that person went back to whoever I was auditioning for and said, you know, so-and-so said this, and I don't think you should cast them for this part because of this joke they made. And they, you know, so there's all kinds of, this is just an example of some of the shit. So I, that later I kind of processed that and that what he told me, it's like, that's the kind of stuff he's talking about. There's always oh, yeah. going to be people. They're going to try to gaslight you because they're either in a position of a place. There's crew member. Now to defend, to, to defend that person, crew work can sometimes suck. I mean, there was a near strike in Hollywood because of bad working conditions for crew members. So, you know, we've talked about in, in superhero shows how you got to get in the gray area. Sometimes you see why the villain became oh, yeah. the villain and why the hero sometimes has still a dark side to what they do. Like Batman, still there's still some darkness in Batman, even though he's considered the hero. But anyway, it's just like that in real life, too. That crew member came after me. But, you know, and I was I was pretty hurt about I was pretty hurt by that. And. I was like, it's kind of gaslighting me a little bit. I felt like whatever I was making a joke. I was just trying to be entertaining. It was nothing personal. It's done all the time. It wasn't even that big of a joke, like as far as being like mal malicious, but 
anyway, I, I think that crew members have tough working conditions and they get bitter sometimes because they have to work 15 hour shifts or 18 hour shifts. And they're told to come back in after three hours of sleep and do more work. And the pay's not always that great always. And I know that makes conditions sometimes work environments and people get angry because they see the actor gets to sit on a bus. They get to, they get to hang out and lay around and play, you know, video games or whatever until it's their time to be called on. So they're between talent and crew. There's sometimes that, and crew doesn't always appreciate and the, the actors, the talent doesn't always appreciate the crew the way they should appreciate the crew and how they bring things to life and make the whole puzzle fit together. But anyway, I got it though. When he said that I got it. So here's my question for you. Is this just a, a futile thing? Because the work environment is always going to be toxic entertainment industry because that's the nature of the business. Is this ridiculous? These, these, these things that are coming up with all these shows. You, you agree or disagree with that? Man, I don't know if it's the exact answer to your question. But and that man, might be the I'll, longest, I'll, longest yeah. question. I agree or disagree oh, no, question. No ever. problem, man. I, uh, uh, man, most of the success I've had, man, the teeniest tiny toehold I've had, you know, in the entertainment business, music and other things is just being genuine as fuck. You know, be, be Stephen Presley as fuck, you know. Uh, you know, to me, it's like things are meant to be happen. Mm-hmm. Things are meant to not meant to be don't happen. As long as you put yourself in a position to succeed, if it's supposed to happen, it happens, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, yeah. So that maybe that one wasn't supposed to happen, yeah. you know, but there's other stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's toughy. It's a tough thing. I mean, I would love it if we're coming to a, a, greater place of enlightenment where people are going to be nicer to each other. That would be kind of cool. I would love that a, a world where things are a little bit more, you know, kinder and gentler. We need that. So I'm not totally uh, against that either. Number two, agree, disagree. Uh, there's going to be an Austin power Super Bowl commercial. That's going to be eco friendly environmental for an environmental causes. I don't know all the details on it, but it's going to be one of the big Super Bowl commercials this year. It's going to reunite some of the uh, players from Austin Powers. Do you think this will be a viral moment for Austin Powers and could be what boomerangs or spin or pushes them into getting finally another Austin Powers movie or limited series on your favorite streaming app produced and made? Uh, I disagree with that. Yeah, it could be it, like, it could be like, even though like, I, uh, I don't know. I was never a uh, Austin Powers fan. Like, I, I do love some of the old uh, James Bond and, like, these spy films. Mm-hmm. It just, it never really hit that nerve for me with Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. But uh, I could see a good reaction to uh, that commercial turn into uh, a streaming series or a limited series. Got one more for you. The uh, new Jurassic World will will tr- have a trailer on Super Bowl Sunday also. The Jurassic World Old Dominion, which is the, the third installment to that Jurassic World trilogy. It's going to reunite the old the original cast, the OG cast, with the, the Jurassic Park OG cast with the Jurassic World cast in one epic uh, movie event. Will that movie surpass No Way Home at the box office or no way that's going to happen? Agree or disagree? Cause it's kind of a similar idea. It's bringing back old and putting them, you know, a crossover event movie like that. It could, it could. I still don't think anything like all the world building and just mm-hmm. like the tie-ins. Like I think no way home 
was uh, just like a complete home run. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, doing a similar thing with Jurassic Park could get in the neighborhood of that, but I don't think it could top No Way Home. I think it's going to come in right. I agree. I'm going to come in. I think it comes in right behind it. It's going to be right behind it, but it won't. I don't think it's going to be. Spider-Man is just a little bit bigger IP than Jurassic Park. Marvel, bigger IP. Okay, we're going to close it out. It's getting late. And Jazz won. You have anything you oh, want yeah. to close close it out with? You want to riff on on something, or you want to uh, do, do a, a you know poetry? Sli- uh, poetry? <laughs> man, I don't have anything uh, written uh, for that. But uh, man, like I said, um, this is like the only episode of the year that we do that I don't feel bad talking about football because <laughs> you know, like we can talk football all day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm uh, you know, sadly my Saints uh, didn't make it because of uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Losing to the uh, Niners, in which it's funny that they're in the uh, Super Bowl now. They screwed, and I was, you, they screwed you again. And I was at that Saints Rams, uh, you know, national, you no know, NFC Championship in uh, 2020, early, early 2020. So it's like, man, ultimately, I hope the Bengals win. You know, I'm, uh, I don't know, to sometimes seeing like some of your favorite uh, players in the pros. Like seeing them in college is almost like the prequels, <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. so I'm, I'm really uh, hoping to see uh, Joe Burrow get a Super Bowl ring, you know, be quite um, a story, be quite a yeah. story if it happens. Um, I, I got a, a little bone to pick in my thoughts and advice for the NFL. You have, they, they pushed, they made the, the Super Bowl later than it's ever been played before. Now it crosses into Valentine's weekend. And I just think oh, yeah. that now you're getting a little dangerous. Because am I right or is it possible that it could actually fall on Valentine's Day in the future? Would the calendar work that way? It could be. Uh, yeah, it's usually the first weekend of uh, February, you know, instead of like the second weekend. They, this they time. added one regular season game, and that's what happened. That's why it's now later, and the playoffs have been pushed back a week or advanced a week. And now they do take two weeks off between the last playoff game and the Super Bowl. But like this year, for example, you know, my son is in preschool. He's doing, they were doing Valentine's. They give out in school, you know, they give out Valentine's. So we have to go and we write the names and fill out all the cards and put them. And by the way, we have a Star Wars Valentine that he's going to be handing out to his. And the Star Wars Valentine's got, got Grogu in the, on the card. And then inside the card, it has a glow, little tiny glow stick. It's a tiny lightsaber. That comes, uh-huh. with, that comes with each Valentine. So we're putting these all together, but we did it last weekend because we said, we don't want to be on Super Bowl Sunday dealing with all this. And that's the problem they've created now by putting Valentine's on Super Bowl weekend. It's just too many, <laughs> it's too many big events on the same two day radius. It's just too many things. It's like if you put Christmas and Thanksgiving back to back, like on, on the same weekend, it's, it's just two big holidays. You can't do that. You got to, whoever at the NFL is probably like a, a jilted lover. Like they, they had broken up and they hated Valentine's. Who hurt you? Somebody got really hurt on Valentine's and was dumped. And now they're trying to take it out on the world by trying to ruin Valentine's. Hallmark should be suing the NFL uh, for like trying to cut out their, their weekend a little bit. Anyway, I just think it's a disaster. And I think it's just going to be a matter of time before they're going to have to uh, adjust. I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's, it's weird. It's just weird having it on Valentine's weekend. Anyway, that's my, that's my, I'll throw that in there in the bowl and jazz one. It's so lovely to see. You. I know we're going to, we're going to close it out. Oh man. It's so good to see you, man. 
Love you, man. And uh, everyone out there, have a great day. Our second millisecond. We'll talk soon. See you later. Bye-bye. Let's go. Uh, uh, I should have had my uh, close out. There you go. Before I did that. Sorry, sir. Doing my best. Oh. Thunder Pop is a Hit the Bricks production.